glad some things in God's hands. And he knows how to do it. Okay? Lord bless you. You may be seated. That's going to tie in even with our lesson today. If you've read the lesson, um, it, it's to listen uh, and to hear the voice of God. And you're going to notice in the lesson there was four things that they failed to do. And the first one was to listen. You got to listen. You got to hear it. Man, you got to obey it. You got to respond to it. And, and this is what keeps the confidence and the faith in God. Okay? We're going to let our classes go back and we'll go into our lesson. Got a good lesson. Going to tie into this. Uh, even with Sister Buford's concerns, she watched an awesome, a mighty church. Um, you wouldn't recognize it today from what I understand. Okay? You would not recognize it as an apostolic Pentecostal church today. And that's what she's concerned about. Amen. And rightly so. Rightly so. We're seeing this happen across our lands. And uh, the word of God warned us that in the end time, more so, it, you know, things that can be shaken. And Jesus Christ warned, he said, not to be deceived. Let no man, regardless of his position or place, and I, I, I preached this before. The greatest deception we can have is when we allow ourselves to deceive ourselves. That's the greatest. And uh, you've all dealt with it. We've all been there. We've all, uh, you know, had to have changes. Had to have, uh, re-look at things different. Because uh, as God worked with us, uh, you know, this is a journey. And uh, so we have to work at it. And God help us. We're going to continue to do that and head in the right direction. Keep and continue. I am praying. I, I purpose, I have put this in my heart, kind of like Daniel Nim, uh, in, a, in a likeness to that. Uh, revival in 21. Man, coming out of 2020, as, as hard as it's been, and uh, things of that nature, but I'm believing for 2021 revival. And now when I say a revival, I want God, God, I'm talking about, I'm talking about God filling people with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about lives being so changed. Their neighbors will know it. You'll know it. You'll know it. And you know when a baby enters the house. A mother knows when she has uh, given birth and a child is born. And uh, there, there's a change. And so, you know, uh, and that's not casting a shadow or stone at any previous. I'm just telling, uh, I believe God's got some things in store for us. And uh, it's those that Brother Ford had done mentioned beginning this service too. Some things we got to be willing to sacrifice. Got to be willing to sacrifice. Got to lay some things aside. If the Lord will help me tonight, I'm going to preach a little message. Amen. Uh, fight for our, our liberty. Fight for liberty. Amen. As far as I'm concerned, nobody is more liberated than Holy Ghost-filled people on the earth. More set free, more delivered. Uh, and and I, I believe it goes a lot deeper, amen, than just, uh, uh, you know, if we're not careful, we'll allow ourselves to get caught up. We'll allow ourselves to be, pick up weights. We'll allow ourselves to, that will rob us of some liberty that God's given to us. Amen. The song we sang, I am satisfied in Jesus. There's a satisfied in Jesus Christ that you can't find in any other resource, regardless of what it is. Now, here we go. We've got to get right back to that balance act of all everything that we pursue in life. Why are we pursuing that? And why are we going to put so much energy and time into it? So the first thing you and I have got to ask ourselves is, is, is God in it? Because if he's not, and the best thing we can do, regardless of what the benefits may be and how much we enjoy it, 
we'd be far better off saying, I'm not going to pursue that any further. I'm going to find what God wants me to pursue for His kingdom, for His service. Because there's no greater satisfaction than that. Regardless of the paycheck, regardless of the position, regardless of the good or the bad with it. The only, true self, the only true satisfaction is in Jesus Christ. Nothing else can take that place. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Except that companionship and fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's that third chord, amen, that becomes a part of even the family. That makes it, amen, not easily broken. What would happen to America if every family that was joined together, every union that was joined together, had that third chord working on their behalf? But it's a lackness of that third chord is the reason there's so many families. It's okay. Lot, lot to it. Good, good lesson there. Um, the help of the Lord here this morning. Sabania really covered a lot of territory as a. Many times are referred to as minor prophets. The only reason of that, understand, the only reason is because of the size of them. Not, not the lack of importance or the lack of information or instructions that are given by these prophets. Okay? So we don't take lightly, even though it's three chapters that he, that he has written or that has been spoken to us bearing his name. And uh, talking to Jerusalem, talking to Gia, talking to uh, the Israelites, you might say. Uh, he's going to cover a lot of territory. He's gonna, he, um, he helps us to really understand. That's one thing I've, I've, I've learned after studying all the way through Isaiah. Uh, you can study Daniel's. You can study Revelation. You, can, you study all of them. But the core message of all of them is that Jesus Christ and the kingdom of Jesus Christ is going to rule at the end. And for you and I to be victorious, we got to hold on. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then we got to hold on to that. And don't let anything else rob us or choke that out of us. And that is the enemy's goal. Once you have been introduced to this truth, this gospel, even in the New Testament. Because watch this. Israel was called. They was chosen. Okay, from the Hebrews right on. Now, if you go back into Scripture, God dealt with the whole world at one time. Now, that, that didn't slip away from God's idea, even after man had fallen. And after the time that they'd go back in to worship the idols and things, and then, you know, Abraham called and the earth, the Chaldeans, and it was well known for its idol worship and things of this nature. But still, the whole mission of even... Of, of Abram and then to Abraham and then finally through Jacob and the 12 sons, Israel. Jacob's name changed to Israel, the nation of Israel. All of this is to be a witness of this one true Jehovah God. And when you slip right out of the Old Testament into the New Testament, that hasn't changed. You and I are still witnesses of this one true living God called Jesus Christ now. For the fourth mentioned about to whom do you say that I am? They are Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ meant the anointed one. Hmm. So, man, this thing works together. Zephaniah is going to prophesy unto us. He's going to relate it to us some things that's coming. It's going to happen. It's going to unfold. 
what this Jehovah God is going to do. The first two chapters, as a writer, let us know, astounded the world of what God, and, and we see even in Zephaniah's writings here. I'm, we're going to look at them, three chapters, and I'm going to do my best to cover as much of it as we can. Man, I know the focus of the lessons on the third chapter. It's on uh, actually, you know, being revived. It's, it's over, you know, born again. Uh, how that God can restore. Amen. Thank God he can restore, right? There's no one in here. With or without the Holy Ghost that he cannot always restore us. I'm going to say this. Not only did we need original restoring, but also in the process of life and the journey of life, there comes times we need restoring. Just like in our health and our body, sometimes things can happen in life that we become damaged or hurt or sick and we have to be restored. And sometimes through the process, even in the physical realm, it may take medication, it may take surgery, it may take a certain process. Sometimes you can, it happens, you know, quickly. Other times it may even take a lot longer and you put into recovery rooms and you have to go through a process. Same way, spiritually speaking this morning, same way. Okay, so God will restore. Now, the whole, if you, the, the real efforts of this, this writings here is actually what's going to happen upon this earth. How God's going to make it a new heaven, a new earth, that He's going to annihilate and destroy and shut all the doors that there will ever not be another God presented. It's all about this one true and living God. That's what it's about. That's what he's, he's even testifying or, or prophesying what's going to unfold regardless of where. And so the writer helps us to understand. And that's the reason they put the title on here, Restore. Because this prophet, amen, was in the days, amen, of Josiah. Josiah is known as one of the greatest revivals of the history of the Israelite people. Right along with Hezekiah. That's a reason. That's a reason. Zephaniah. Amen. That's, that's kin. That's associated. About four generations from Hezekiah. And so he had access into kingship and things of this nature. And that's, the writer helps us understand that. If you go back and read the first part of that chapter. That's a reason. Zephaniah. Amen. Helps us to understand where he's come from and what he's talking about. Amen. So that's the reason you and I watch this. Who's, who's really our high priest and our lamb? And, and if we want restoring and if we want be victorious, we always got to go back, what, to the chief cornerstone, which happens to be Jesus Christ. Is the reason Paul even made the statement, follow me as long as I follow the chief cornerstone. You got to take all the measurements from the chief cornerstone. If you want an accurate measurement, and the further you go, the more important it is to make sure that you cook to the chief cornerstone. You know, if you just go in one little distance, it's maybe not quite as important. But the further you get from the chief cornerstone, the further you pull the tape, you better make sure you cook to the chief cornerstone. You got to line up to the line. Gave a guy some little instructions here. They'd never put on metal before when he'd come in there. They'd done put some on, and they, was, they, they realized after putting some on that they was having trouble. They put the first three sheets on four or five times, trying to get them squared up and all this. And he said, we finally put a string. And so I told him, I said, you want me to help you out? I said, just go to the bottom of your roof where you got your lad. I said, pop your line all the way across that 
then start marking up on each side of your sheet. And I said, if you mark up on both sides of that first one, get it lined up. Mark on the opposite side of the second one and third one. I said, if all three of them's lined up, I said, buddy, you can rock and roll. Everything else is squared up and lined up. But you got to stay on the line. The problem today is everybody wants to get off the line. We want to make our own selves gods, our own opinions, our own knowledge, our own directions, our own. But, but thank God, here's, this is uh, uh, the only unchanging thing there is, is this. You and I are in subject and prone or inclined to change. That's the reason God gave us his word. It's unchanging. Thank God. Thank God. So we got a, got a good lesson. And uh, as we go into 2021 and all that's went on in 2020 and the shakeup and the things and who knows whatever is still going to happen even in this month. And, uh, but my, my confidence and my faith is not in that White House. I pray for them. I respect them. And we're going to serve them best of my ability. I, Hey, you're looking at a guy, I don't have a problem paying taxes. Now, a lot of people, you don't say what you want, but I'm telling you, I don't have a problem. I told somebody we stand on the side of 57, we was deer hunting. Some folks went by, and we got talking about different things, and I, and I just mentioned them. I said, yeah, if somebody didn't pay taxes, that road wouldn't be out there to drive on. I said, what's wrong with society? We got too many people. Hey, man, they don't want to do this, they don't want to do that, they want to live lives. You know, it's all about them. It's all about feeding me. It's all about satisfying my, my passions and my desires. Hey, that's the reason we're also taught in the Word of God about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, all of this is what? Everything that God... All good things come above, right? That's what James taught us. Hey, brother Jesus. And so if I, if I can bless this congregation and bless this body, it's going to be from Him through me. And, but if, if I ever get to the place where it becomes about me and not about Him, and there's, there's, that's the little area where it starts doing this. But if we can always keep it that the gifts, the callings, the, is to edify the body. To build, to strengthen the body. And everybody that's involved in the kingdom. It's a kingdom thing. And it's, it's, it's a lot bigger than Bendale, Mississippi too. Okay. But you know what? Let's don't forsake Bendale, Mississippi. We got to have it. Man. So, here we go. Focus thought. God will restore through God's, though God judges rebellion and sin. He's going he's gonna to judge it. He's going to deal with it. Uh, it's part of the falling nature. And, uh, you know, I'd love to say I've never been rebellious since the time I got the Holy Ghost. Never been hard-headed and never been a stiff neck. <laughs> I love to say that. But, but we all know better, don't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But, but we can find what? Restoration. Amen. If we what? Turn to Him. Now, how does that take place? He has a five-fold ministry. He has a church. That's the reason the writer says judgment starts at the house of God. That's the reason. Now watch this. <laughs> Boy, this thing really works together. That's the reason we can't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Especially as we see and notice. If you watch through his writings of these three chapters. He mentions the day. The day. The day. The day. The day. Judgment. The day's coming. The day. The day. The day. But as we see the day coming. 
In the New Testament, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's the reason the enemy tries with everything it is within him to cause divisions and separations and keep you from unifying and keeping us from joining together. He's constantly looking for ways to drive wedges. Keep a certain amount of division. Separation. Because even God himself gave recognition to the power of unity at the Tower of Babel. Because um, all of them had come to agreement that, hey, we're going to build us a city here. We're not going to multiply and, and, and fill the earth. We're going to build a city here and we're going to build a tower right here. Because they all had one language. <laughs> and they all fell in together. Thank God for the Holy The writer's going to talk about that in, just in that third chapter when he calls it a pure language. How I many of you remember what Brother McCain said? The moment you get the Holy Ghost is about as per perfect as you're going to be. I, you know, it'd make the statement sometime, boy, for some of us, it'd been far better off. As soon as that happened, somebody knocked us in the head. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but we know that can't happen, do we? We know that. But, but it's the, the Holy Ghost. It's the earnest. It's the down payment. We haven't received it in its fullness yet. So that's where the struggle's at. That's, that's where, you know, this earthen vessel part. And, and, but there's coming an hour. There's coming a day. There's coming a time when there'll be no tempter. When there'll be no devil. When we won't have to worry about losing not one single thing. Amen. Because God's going to sit on the throne and sit up on this earth. Amen. And, and even in the millennial. But even after that and the devil's going to be cast and there won't be no devil there will be that time coming but we haven't got there yet and so we got to deal with all this and so the real heartbeat man and, and if you listen to the message that Jesus taught on the mount he talks about the pure in heart as he talks about the meek as he talks about these things that that watch this that pride works against. Against all that. Huh. And you're going to notice in this lesson. That that's the very core. That even Aphania has to deal with. Pride. It's the very thing that got Lucifer kicked out. And it's the very thing that you and I have to watch. Because sometimes pride will keep us from unifying. Stinking pride will keep us from unifying. Praise God. Key verse is found in Zephaniah 3 and 9. For then will I turn to the people... A pure language, one. That, that's telling me that in that, that new heaven, that new earth, there's going to be one language. It may not even be English. But there won't be nobody there to squabble about it. Because we'll all speak the same thing. We'll all be setting out on the same mission. Serving the same God. 
Man, you talk about, you talk about a time. Man, that's going to be a time. That they may all call upon what? The name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. Consent. Well, that word consent, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Okay. So as we really begin to look at this and um, we begin to uh, watch this unfold, and I'm going to try my best to, um, I, I, I love to touch some things because he didn't really own the first, second chapter, barely, but, but, but to really get an understanding of what's unfolding, what's happening here, you've got to get a little idea of what's the judgment and the, 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 the fierceness of this judgment. And he was mentioned about fear. Hey, hey, there's going to come a time that people, amen, I'm telling you, in the wrath of God and, and all that, I'm telling you, there's going to be, some people say, well, I don't know how much, I could get any more fearful than what it is now, but I'm going to make the difference with you. We still haven't seen nothing yet. Even in this pandemic we're in, when you look at Revelation and the depths and how many is going to die in those, those, those times, uh, there's nothing compared to where we're at now. Okay, and so, but notice what he says as he begins to talk about who he is, the word of the Lord, which came and he talked about where he came from, the sons. He says, I will utterly consume all things from off the land. I will utterly consume all things off the land. Now, this is the Lord speaking to Zephaniah and through him, saith the Lord, I will consume both man and beast. I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to consume them. I will consume the fowls of the heavens, the fish of the sea, and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. Stumbling blocks or idols. Stumbling blocks were any other idol or man-made God that got between the true God and man and creation of all of his creation at this point in time. Okay, that's really what he's talking about. He's this true God. Whenever he he comes on the scene in the fullness of this time, and that day comes, everybody's going to ever need the Bible. Now you tell the total of this. What every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess. Now, you know what's our responsibility? I'll tell you, God, help me out a little bit this morning. And, and we'll get, we'll hopefully, I'll get back to that some. But, but I'm going I'm to make mention of this. The Hebrew writers has taught us about, the, the, talks about what? The, the hands and the, the knees the, that, that faint, amen, and that, that, that are weak. Hallelujah. But you know what he's talking about? He's not talking about tumbling ourselves to God. Here he's talking about, amen, to help the weak hands and help those amen with, with feeble knees that they, that they won't bow what? Bow to other gods or systems or doctrines or teachings that are contrary to the word of God. There's ever been a generation that needs to get the word of God in their hearts and a love for the word of God. I want to love it above everything else. This is the only thing that won't let my knee bow to any other thing upon this earth. You watch this. What happened just last year with some of their idols and their gods? Well, there's a spirit behind that they didn't recognize. And that was just, a, that was, it's already been coming. But whenever you won't respect the flag, neither do you respect any authority in the government under it either. And when you bow, amen, to a, a spirit of rebellion to be against that, you bow to a spirit of rebellion in a drive you places you would never dreamed. Some things that you and I just cannot bow to. Give ourselves to. 
Because all the other idols, the other gods, makes it, they became stumbling blocks. Jesus Christ became a stumbling block to the unbelievers who did not believe in him as the Messiah, even to the Jews themselves. But I'm glad he didn't become a stumbling block to us because we have a revelation. We have an insight. We've, we've sat in heavenly places. We've obtained something called the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. That's the reason the judgment is so harsh about the Holy Ghost. Blaspheming against the Holy Ghost, you don't find any forgiveness. There's no greater witness upon this earth even today than the Holy Ghost, than the Spirit of God. I'm telling you what, and the promises were two or three gathered together in his name. He says, I'm in the midst. Hallelujah, I'm in the midst. And you're going to watch some of this as it really begins to unfold here. And I'm going to try to just hurry through, but at the same time. I will also stretch out my hand upon Judah and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Notice where judgment begins. Amen. It actually began and started, amen, with his own people, his own nation. The land he had chosen, the city he had chosen. It's here, amen, that, that this, this is what it's going to say. I'm going to stretch out my hand. I'm going to judge. I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place. The name of the Caramans and the, with the priests. Amen. Those that led them, those that bowed down to them. Them that worshiped the host of heaven upon the housetop them that worshiped and that swore now watch this and by the Lord now boy that's good it look at it all, all capital letters L-O-R-D they worship the Lord they worship the true God but here's the problem with that you watch the remainder of that whenever he begins to talk about and they swore by the Lord and that swore by Malcolm they also swore by the other God you can't serve two masters can't serve two God. You can't serve flesh and spirit. You can't walk in carnality and walk in the spirit. You can't have it your way and have it God's way. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's a lot more powerful, a lot more stronger than people realize. But it's true. Truth, truth always comes through. Old Testament, New Testament, all the times, truth. Truth, truth is going to prevail. Truth is going to win. We want to walk in truth, don't we? At whatever cost, God help us to walk in truth. Even at the shedding of blood. That's what Jesus had to. Truth. Truth. So. He goes from that. He says, them that are turned back from the Lord. Those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired for Him. Let's learn some things from them. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't seek after God. With honesty and sincerity. And see, after his will and his kingdom. And, 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 and hear me this morning. Sometimes that can be in very small things. But if we don't seek out in these areas, we're more prone and subject for that to increase. Okay? It, it'll affect us. Huh. And so they had not. They had failed to do that. And, and so... Uh, hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord. Now watch me. For the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord hath prepared his sacrifice. He hath bid his guests. Sacrifice. You know what, what, you know what the real sacrifice was? Jesus Christ. All the way back from the garden. It's going to be a seed. The seed of a wound. At the point in time. There's going to be a sacrifice. And I'm going to bid. I'm going to invite my guests. And they're going to, they're going to, they're going to behold. They're going to watch it. 
Oh, at that moment, they're going to wag their heads and they're going to laugh and they're going to tell you if you come down. He can't even save himself. You know, if you save yourself, we'll believe you. They was lying. But you know what? I better not be too harsh on them because if I'd have been there, I'd have been doing the same thing. Because the Bible was going to be. And they was blinded. Because God was still after the whole world, not just Israel. So he's providing himself a sacrifice. Amen. Why? Because there's got to be a remitting of sins. There's got to be a washing away of rebellion. There's got to be a washing away, amen, of all that went on in, in those things that took place. So I'm going to have a sacrifice. Amen. And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord sacrificed, the Lord sacrificed, that I will punish the princes and the king's children, and all such are clothed with strange apparel. Well, I thought that was kind of odd. You know, understand what I'm trying to say there. You know, a lot of people say, well, it really don't matter what you wear. It really don't matter what you do. But, but it's funny to me. He's mentioned. Here is a prophet hundreds of years before. Even before, you know, we get into the area talking about wholeness and separation. And dressing right. And talking right. And living right. But here, amen. But even the Israelites, hallelujah, could be recognized. When they come into those other nations, hey, there was no doubt. They didn't look like everybody else. And they didn't dress like everybody else. And they didn't worship like everybody else. And they didn't worship what everybody else worshipped <laughs> it all ties together it all comes together because how we dress and our appearance. Hey, watch this. When you get into the New Testament, you get into the writings. Hallelujah. Paul writes about what man does with his hands. But when he talks to the lady, it's about their appearance. Well, I'm, I'm jumping a lot, ain't I? But it's all in there. It's all in there. And I'm telling you, it's all under attack. Ladies, don't you ever be ashamed, amen, of not cutting your hair and not painting up and not dressing, amen, like the world and everybody else. Amen. You keep that life. Men, don't you ever be ashamed to go to work and work for the kingdom of God and labor and be willing to help bless others and give others, regardless of what everybody else is doing, regardless of all the checks they may get and all these things. We'd rather have just earnings. Hallelujah. That God can shine down upon us, show favor and multiply it and make us rich, amen, for His glory and for the magnifying and fulfilling of his kingdom because that's what it's all about as we represent him upon this earth before even the days come he goes on begins to talk about he talks about how that uh, in the same day that also well I punish all those that, that leap on the threshold which filled their master's houses with violence and deceit. Our houses are being filled with violence. Our nation, we can say what we want to. I love this nation as much as anybody. I pray for this nation. But at the same time, we can't ignore the deeds, the actions, and the direction of this nation. Hmm. And it's going to bring. It's going to bring judgment. It's going to bring it. Goes on, he begins to talk about, drop down about to the 12th verse. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles. Man, he's going to search it. And don't worry, God's going to search it all out. Nobody's going to get by with nothing. Nobody. He's talking about Jerusalem here. As he begins to talk about judgment coming to Jerusalem, searching it with a candle, punishing the, the men that are settled on the lease and say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. You know, it's like God's in some far off distance. It don't make God no, no difference what happens in Jerusalem. 
This God can't do good or evil. In other words, in their own mind, their own way of living and thinking. Hallelujah. We just do what we want to. Amen. God didn't bring judgment. And Proverbs warns us about that. When you're doing sinful things and ungodly things because judgment doesn't come quickly. Sometimes we have the idea, well, I'm getting by with this. God apparently don't have no problem with this. That's what's happening even now. That's the reason people are slipping further and further away. And because they didn't see major changes. In fact, can I say something, boy? Some of you ain't going to like this, but I'm going to say it. A lot of times I've seen people backslide and do better as far as money. Living that life. But you know what? That's the best they got. They better live it up. They better give it everything they got. Because the payday's coming. And they know it. Okay? And so... But, but notice what happens here. He goes on. He says, but there's coming a time. There's coming an hour. The Lord would not do good. Neither would he do evil. Therefore, their good shall become as booty. And their houses are desolation. There's going to come a time. There's going to come an hour. That's going to run out. <laughs> because I've seen them same folks for a while. Especially when they first got out. Man, they're doing good. Man, they're doing better than they were done. But, but, but down the road a few years. Everything starts falling apart at the seams. Everything starts becoming chaotic and everything. And now they don't have that God to turn to. They do. And hopefully they won't allow rebellion or pride to keep them from doing it. But they'll make it. And that's, that's this whole writing here. It's, it's what Zephaniah is talking about. But it's not just to Jerusalem. And it's not just to Judea that he's talking about here. But you watch what he talks about. He goes from that and he, the next verse says, 14th verse, the great day of the Lord is near. It is near. And you know, that's, that's kind of almost, um, it kind of blows our minds in a way, right? Amen. Because now, you know, this has been thousands of years since he wrote this. But you know what? This week, it just kind of hit me. Amen. Well, you know, what's 4,000 years compared to eternity? And so in a sense, even when he was writing this, that day is near. When you compare even 4,000 years, amen, to eternity. Watch 4,000 years. It's as though it's nothing. So the same way is, is, as you watch the writers and you, you read the New Testament. You, you listen to what Paul and Peter and they address about the coming of the Lord. And how near it is. And, and so every day we're being principled. There's a principle that they're trying to place in us. Every day we need to live as though the Lord is coming today. He may come today. So, hastily, greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty men shall cry there bitterly. This, that day is a day of wrath, the day of trouble and distress, a day of wastefulness, a desolation, dark of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. This, he's describing the day when that's coming, that hour when it comes, a day of the trumpet, the alarms against the fenced cities, against the high towers. Amen. I would bring distress upon men. They shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh shall become as this dung. Amen. Amen. Because they denied the true living God. God. Amen. This judgment's coming. This hour's coming. Amen. This is going to happen. This is going to unfold. So that's the reason the writer talks about how, how that all of this and they think verse begins to talk about. He says, neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. The whole land shall be devoured by fire of his jealousy. For he shall make even a speedy radiance upon them that dwell upon the earth. And the radiance. God is a jealous God. He shares his glory with nobody. And this is the kind of fire that's going to come. Consume and all the elements Peter writes about it. All the elements are going to be consumed and burn up. 
all the earth. Amen. Because why? Because they weren't willing to listen. They weren't willing to hear. Amen. And turn to God. The second verse began. I'm about that to fourth verse, maybe a little further down. He begins to talk about. He talked about gays being forsaken, the Acolines being desolate, these gods that they had bowed down to, and how they had worshipped, and how they allowed them to get rooted into their lives and rooted into their souls and their spirit. But all of these, Amen, are going to become desolate. He says, "Woe to the inhabitants of the sea coast." Now watch him. He begins to bring judgment. He talks about these other places and they bow down again outside of Jerusalem, outside of Judea. Amen. Judgment's going to come when he talks about the sea coast. That's the most far-reached ones. Amen. But judgment still going to come to them. Amen. He talks about the seacoast being the dwelling going to become like cottages for shepherds and, and the foals for, amen, for the shepherds. And you know what that was? That was wilderness. They always led them out to wilderness. You didn't raise sheep in the city. But he's talking about the places where they had abode and, and had many and had cities. They're going to become a desolate place where shepherds, amen, going to use their little huts, amen, as cottages and they're going to have fields out there now. That's like taking all of Loosedale, amen, and, and, and plowing it all under and making a big field for cows. No, they won't exist. No, any longer. There won't be no habitation there. None dwelling there. Brother Ryder talks about different things. It won't be the voice, different types of voices and music and all that won't, won't be there any longer. You drop on down, he goes on, he talks about, now what, what helped bring some of this about? The eighth verse helps us to understand that. I have heard the reproach of Moab and the revilings of the children of Ammon. I heard what they said. Let me tell you something. Just because God don't make a quick judgment against your enemy, don't you worry about it. God's got it. God's got it. He's showing us right here. Amen. These are some of the Moabites and the Ammonites. Are the very ones that try to rise up and, and destroy and annihilate Israel. Amen. But you know what? God's seen it. God's letting this man know to tell them, hey, God's, God's got this thing. Don't you worry about it. There's going to come an hour. There's going to come a day that all the wickeds and all the... And you know what? We shouldn't glory in that. No more does God, you know, get any glory out of the wicked dying. No. He gets glory out of the wicked and recognizing where they're at and the spirit they're in and turning from that and turning to him and repenting. Make it their way. And so that's where this even actually leads to. As you watch his writings here, as he goes on, he talks about, he talks about, therefore, as, as I live, saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. And I'm glad we serve the God of Israel. We believe that. We believe in this Messiah. We believe that all power in heaven and earth has been given to the name of Jesus. That's the reason we pray this and call on this name over the sick. And the weary. That's the reason we take on this name. And baptize in this name. We believe this is the only way to find remission. Because this is the only name. The only name that's ever been given. Whereby we must be saved. This is a name. Amen. That carries the authority. The power to cleanse us. And wash us. And give us hope. Amen. To a, a new life. And a better life. Not just upon this earth. Hallelujah. But in that one to come. Amen. And to that one's going to rule and reign one day. And all of its eons and times ahead of us. That's what's what all this is talking about. And this is what it's all leading up to. And so he goes on. He talks about that. Host of the Moab that shall. He talks about how that Moab would become as like Sodom, and the children of Ammon become like Gomorrah. And we know what happened: the judgment that fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Because of their unrighteous and, and their god ungodliest lifestyles. And so we understand and see it really what he's talking about here. But watch this tenth verse: This shall they have for their pride, because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts. Amen. They exalted themselves. It was pride that drove them to that place. It's pride. 
mean an arrogance. Amen. That got a hold of them and caused them to do that. And then the Lord will be terribly unto them. For he will famish all the gods of the earth. He will famish. He'll do away. He'll waste. He'll destroy all the gods of the earth. Every one of them. That's the reason when you and I, we have, we have cast a lot to walk with Jesus. It's God Almighty. As the Savior of the world. <laughs> I'm telling you, we head in the right direction. Don't you give up. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you let life and its troubles and heartaches and disappointments. And, and regardless of where it comes from. You stay with it. You don't backslide out of the church. You just keep coming. God works everything out. God works it all out. All things work to good. Hmm? To them that are chosen, called, and love God. It'll work out. You just got to hang on for the ride. We got to do like Brother McCain. That guy told Brother McCain. God pull you out if you can stand the pulling. You just got to stand the pulling. And I know, I know we've been geared, amen, to not to have patience. Everything, at a, at a, at a, you know, the punch of a button, amen. Fast foods and this and that. And we don't get results. And if we're not careful even when we come to the house of God. But if we don't get a quick result pretty quick, we don't last long. About halfway through the song, man, our minds start going. I mean, that's, that's, that's where we're at. That's who we are. I, that's, I'm not jumping on anybody, but I'm just telling you. That's, that's how we've been geared. That's how we've been set up and known. And the ideal, you know, time is what? Time is what? What is it? It's money. What's the God of this world? Especially the United States. It's money. You know how we rule those other nations so much? Because we got the money. All you got to do is print it out. That's what you say. You don't think money won't drive people to do things? Ask, ask Miss Pelosi. Connell, ask him what they've done to their houses. And I'm not for that. I don't celebrate with them. I don't know. Y'all wrong. You're wrong. Okay, how wrong or right the other are? That, those actions are wrong. You have no right to go in somebody else's place and paint it and do all that. That's the reason I said we're not getting caught up in that. Here's the deal. God, the devil's working on both sides. Because all he's after destroying. He don't care if they destroy one another. You know, we got that from God. Because God, amen, when God got in the battle, you know what? He just turned them on one another. Bible's full of it. Bible's full of it. I didn't mean to get on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> But he's going to famish all the gods of the earth. Men shall worship him, everyone from his place, even all the isles of the heathen. Yet the Ethiopians also, ye shall be slain by the sword. You're not going to be exempt. You're going to be slain also. All these far places. But watch this. Catch that one part he said. But there's coming an hour, it's coming a day that all up on the earth is going to worship this one true God. In the millennium time, Amen. All nations are going to come to Jerusalem. They're going to come to Israel, to Jerusalem, to the city where Jesus Christ is sitting upon the throne to get counsel and direction. And all the earth is going to recognize Israel as a blessed and favored people. And they don't come to them to get counsel and direction and blessing. They're coming to Jesus Christ. All the Russians, all, every one of them, they're coming. The very one they don't want to, in their countries, the very one they don't want to bow down to, the one they don't give no knowledge to, it's coming. It's coming. That's what he talks about here. And so as we watch all that unfold, as we see how, how astounding 
when you really begin to try to grasp that, get your mind wrapped around some of that, of what's going to unfold, what's going to happen upon this earth one day. Amen. It helps us to really understand. That's the reason, amen, it's important for us, you and I, to repent, you know. Amen. To repent. It's an individual thing, too. Uh, the writer brought that out to us in Luke 13, 1 and 5, the statements that Jesus made. To, amen. Back during the time of the Galileans, whenever Pilate had mixed their blood or mingled their blood with their sacrifices, Jesus' response to them was, suppose that ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. But I thought the next one was uh, because he actually gives us a number. Watch what he says in the fourth verse. Are those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all the men that dwell in Jerusalem? 18 people now in all of Jerusalem. Jesus Christ gives recognition of the tower that had fell on them and killed them. 18. No, except we repent. Every one of us, every one of us has got to come to that place of true repentance, a dying out. Man, Paul went his, a step further and taught that he what? Every day. Repenting. Why? I'm in an earthen vessel. And try to keep a pure mind, a healthy mind. Keep a pure heart. Keep right motives. Right things and right perspectives. Buddy, I'm going to tell you something. you got to stay on top of that. I'm, I'm just being honest with you this morning. There's got to be a prayer life. There's got to be some time in the scripture. There's got to be a desire and a passion to be in the house of God. Some of the results of some of the things we're seeing is because of the lack of being able to assemble together. And I know we got technology and it's helped tremendously in a lot of these areas. But you, 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 I think you'll agree with me. It's still not the same. As much as we enjoy the parking lot services... And that one service, you know, on Sunday morning, it still doesn't have the same effect as having a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, coming in here, joining together, coming back Wednesday night. Uh, being able to join together, lay hands on one another, look at one another, encourage one another. Come on, folks, let's come in this house, amen. I I'm going to get my differences settled, buddy. I'm going to get my spirit right. I'm going to come here and I want to look at you, amen. I want to be your helper. I want to be your blesser. I want to be an uplifter, amen, to you. I want to see you win this thing. I want to see you. You know, that's the heartbeat of God. God's got an expected end for every one of us. For God so loved the world. You know what? If we really follow the plan of God, all could be saved. We know by the scriptures it's not going to happen. But you know what? Let's don't use that as a crutch for ourselves. Let's make up in our own mind. I said, let me preach that message, but I'm going to. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Save yourself. Huh. Man, whatever it costs, save yourself. Whatever you got to do. Whatever pride you got to swallow. It's not worth going to hell over. I've just been... Being honest with us this morning. He goes from that, amen, and, um, and I forgot my watch. I'm sorry. I don't have, I'm, I'm going to try to hurry. When you get into the third chapter, I realize the lesson text actually starts about the eighth verse. And, uh, but, but before that could be as effective as it needs to be, uh, we need to um, look at uh, the beginning of that chapter. And why. He begins to talk about the woes to her that are what's filthy and polluted in the oppressing city. This oppressing city he's talking about is Jerusalem. It's the city he's talking about here. Watch what happened. She obeyed not 
the voice. Whose voice? God's voice. The Lord's voice. The true prophets. The true men of God. She obeyed not. She didn't listen. She didn't take the heed. And because of that, she received not correction. People is not easily corrected. Uh, you better be careful with that. There is one main thing that keeps that from happening. And uh, it's called pride. Proverb talks about it. Talk about the sun. Amen. Talk about the correction. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Are we living in a generation that's very easily corrected? Are we not living in a generation that wants to do whatever they want to do, how they want to do it, when they want to do it, at whatever cost of yours or mine or whoever's? And, 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 and then to top that off, I don't want you to say nothing about it. Is not the government, amen, if they're not careful, and you see it in Canada, they're doing their best to shut down the pulpits against ungodly and un, un, unwholesome lifestyles. Voice. The power of the voice. The power of the word. The power in the tongue. There's what in the tongue? Life and death. In this right here. That's the reason every day where we're going we come encounter with. We encountered spirits. We encountered situations. Some of them's out to destroy us. Some of them, amen, God put in our place that we might help them, that we might give them opportunity to be saved, to understand and get a true revelation of the fullness of the truth. The only way that's going to happen is for them to feel the true love of God and the presence of God, the power of God as it flows out of us. Because you and I are the spiritual epistles that brings that witnessing power. Brings that spirit of God unto them. God's not going to dispatch all the angels. Amen. He sent one to Cornelius. But I, I'm going to tell you what. There's far more. Amen. Is being won by the fivefold ministry. And witnesses just like you and I. Going out day in and day out. Steadfast. Unshakable. Unmovable. Hmm. Living for God. Serving God. Confidence in God. Trust is in God. Same way with this corona business. Our true trust is in God and confidence. And I pray for his blessings and favor. I pray, I pray for his blessings and favor upon the vaccine and all that's being done. And they're going to give a lot of glory to whatever. But we know one thing. God of, of the heavens that showed us mercy. That raised up men and orchestrated and helped bring this about. But, but two things can happen here. We either give him glory because unless the Lord's in it, it's, the labor's in vain. That's what the Bible's taught us. But there's going to be some that's going to take all the glory, give all the glory to man. But that's not going to stop me from giving glory where it really belongs. And honor where it really belongs. Because if we come through this, it's going to be by His goodness and grace and mercy upon us. Watch what he starts talking about. As he talked about these secret, she, watch it. When you don't obey, he's talking about the she. The she here is the city. Okay, it's Jerusalem. It's related to as a she here. Okay, she as a whole, as the majority. That didn't mean that a remnant, there wasn't some in there that still believed truth, that preached truth, and stayed with it. It's always a remnant. It's going to be a remnant in this church too. In our age, our time, there's going to be some. Somebody's going to be walking this thing. Somebody, there's going to be somebody to be raptured. 
So there's going to be a church until the rapture takes place. And you and I just got to have our minds made up that we're going to be a part of that number. We're going to be a part of that number when that time comes. And so that's what he talks about here. Basically, what four things that happened here. Obeyed not the voice. Did not receive correction. Uh, correction. She trusted not in the Lord. And then she drew not near to her God. Now watch this. That's really so important where you lay your trust and where you put your confidence. Well, I'm fixing to say something here. Why do you think the enemies work so hard to cause division even right here? Because he wants you to lose confidence in one another. Because you can't lose confidence in one another without losing confidence in the head called Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, let's shake ourselves. Let's stir ourselves up and really recognize the spirit of the enemy. And it's not us. Well, I stepped in a hornet's nest right there, but it's still true. It's still the truth. And that's what the enemy's doing his best, amen, because he realizes. Because watch this. He knows, he knows how, how powerful that principle of unity is, too. And a church that unifies and joins together and binds together. At whatever cost, we're going to please the head. At whatever cost, for the gospel's sake, we're going to. Praise God. So, watch him here. Her princes, now it's talking about her princes. It's those officials. It's those that were sitting in places and things of that nature in the city. They became as what? As roaring lions. What does roaring lions do? Roaring lions cause fear. Amen. Supposedly, my understanding of lions, when they do that, it causes their prey out of fear to just. But that's not all. What is roaring lions? They tear apart. They destroy. They abduct. So he likened them to what? Roaring lions and wolves. Evening wolves. Both of these beasts are known, amen, to, as they attack and destroy and tear down. And so they had the spirit of beast. That's not all. All they care about is themselves. At the cost of whoever and whatever else. All we want to do is gratify our own passions. We're going to lead this the way we want to lead it. And the way we think it ought to be led. I should read such a battle between the two, even now. And there's probably enough evil in both of them. <laughs> and there's some good in both of them. Now, some of you wouldn't, that's all right. You do what you want to with that. Huh. But none of them has the real, real core and the real heartbeat. Anyway, I'll move on from that one. Huh. Her prophets, now that was her princess. Notice what he said, how they would, the bones, they'd just crush them and annihilate them in one night. In one. You know, we'd probably be shocked sometimes how an individual can be crushed in one service. God help us. God help me. God help this pastor. Man, praying God help this pastor. Man, because it's not God's will for any to be lost. We don't see nobody destroyed. Now, the enemy's got to be dealt with, the spirit of the enemy, man, and, and the, the, the purpose of the enemy, man, the, the undercurrent and how it may want to operate too. And um, a, a good flag for all of us, for each one of us, a good flag is that whatever I'm doing, who am I edifying? Just ask yourself that question. Who am I edifying? Who am I setting out to edify? 
And that will help you and help me for us to understand why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it about me or is it about the body? You know what makes our military, you know what makes our firemen so, in fact, one of the last lessons, they talked about one of the firemen at 9-11. That, if my memory serves me right, he was just a young man in his 30s, on vacation or just got off or something anyway, he was leaving, and he heard the call of the Twin Towers. And he calls his wife, says, I can't make it. He said, I got, I got the fire and I got to go. For the love of my brother's song, I, I got to go. And even when he gets to the place, it's already shut off now. It's a bridge or something, I believe, if my memory serves me right. I mean, I mean, the writer helps understand. It, it was a real passion. He suits up, puts on all of his gear and everything, and runs. And I, I, I wish I could remember the distance. I don't know if he gave it or not. But anyway, if I'm a little more familiar with you, York, maybe I'd know. Some of you might get hit me out. But anyway, a bridge or something. He had to run all the way and make his way to those twin towers for his brother. And actually lost his life. And he could have just went on the other way. Right. Act like he never heard any of that. But he didn't do it. That's what's going to make a difference even with you and I. We, we join together. As we reach out to one another. Love one another. Huh. Lame man would have never knew how to walk. Had there not been a Peter that was. Right hand of fellowship. Huh. I believe you can overcome that. I believe you can defeat that brother. It's not in me, but it's in the God that I serve. With His mercy and grace, if you're willing to repent, you can overcome it. There's only one thing that you can get victory over or forgiveness over, and that's blasphemy. Just don't blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Everything else, you can, you can win. You can overcome that. Sometimes it takes somebody to believe that may be a little higher position and maybe reaching down to somebody that you know good and well, hey, they won't ever be a blessing to me. No one, but you know what? Amen. Watch this. I didn't deserve. I didn't deserve the mercy of God. I didn't deserve the grace of God. And I hadn't deserved it since I've been on the journey. And pastoring this church for 25 years. I can't tell you how often I tell you, God, I don't deserve this. At your goodness and your mercy and grace. Oh, God, but help me walk right. Help me live right. Amen. Help us do it. And as we watch the pressure coming, as we watch the darkness come, I see it more so. I see it in some of you. I see it in your faces when you walk in the house of God and you're so weary and you're so drained and you're, you're just, you know, I'm doing here. And I, I see all that. Amen. You know what God does too. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep on walking and we're going to keep on believing and we're going to keep on encouraging one another. And I'm going to let God separate the terrors and the wheat. That's God's business, not mine. That's the angels at that moment of time. My business. Amen. To preach the gospel. Whosoever will can be saved. So. The priest. Watch this. Her priests. Her prophets. Are light. What is he saying? But not in the true light. They prophesied their own things. And treacherous. In other words, what he talks about here, it's a lacking of truth. and It's a lack of steadiness, of gravity, of just staying put, making the stand. You know what? The church ought to be making the stand she made 50 years ago. If the stand was right 50 years ago, it's still right tonight. 
They were standing where God wanted them to stand back then on some decisions. God didn't change his mind about it. He knew what the outcome was. He just needs a believing church and a believing body upon this in its world. Say, I'm going to stand with the word of God. I'm going to stand with the voice of God. I'm going to stand, amen, for truth. So, they wasn't. Her priest have polluted the sanctuary. They was pretenders. I'm going to say this again. I, I say this. I'm shocked sometime of God must talk a whole lot. And sometimes you've got to talk out of both sides of his mouth. Or somebody's a liar. Now you choose. <laughs> you decide. Okay? Because everybody can't be right. I'm talking about even people that say they're following Jesus Christ. Everybody can't be right. You hear some of them, everybody's saved. Polluted the sanctuary. You know what can pollute the sanctuary the worst? Right here. And that's exactly what was taking place in Jerusalem. They had polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. They've done violence. They had destroyed it. The just Lord is in the midst that well, watch this, boy. You talk about some hope now. Watch the next verse. How many of you remember what I said here just a few weeks ago about the seven churches in Revelation? And all the mess they was in, who was in the midst of them? Watch this one. Fifth verse, third chapter. The just Lord who is in the midst thereof, he will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. God's still working, folks. Don't you worry about it. Don't get sideways. Don't cause it ain't going like you think it ought to go and looking like it ought to. Don't worry. God's still in the midst. God's up every morning. He's working every day. He's working on our behalf. So you just hang on to truth. You just keep walking in truth. You just hang on to this revelation that God's revealed into us because everything's going to work out. I didn't say everybody's going to be saved. I didn't say everybody's going to come that we want to come. But I tell you what, you and I can be saved. Hallelujah. Instead of getting discouraged. Hallelujah. Instead of allowing us to get, you know, uh, depressed. And all these, that's all that is, is avenues of the devil trying to find a foothold, an opportunity, amen, to shipwreck you. But I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, if there's ever been a time we need to get the sails of faith up, it's now. Let the winds blow. But the winds has got the sails up in faith in Jesus Christ. They're going to sail, amen, and not to destruction, but to salvation and to eternal salvation. Hallelujah. That's what you and I've got to do. And that's why, even in the midst of this city, God was still working in the remnant. Still that chosen few. That handful that was holding on, that was believing, such as this prophet right here, huh, that prophesied during the days of Josiah. If you read your lesson, the writer bring it, brought it out. Amen. That this prophet probably played a major role in help bringing the revival that Josiah. <laughs> Even though he was eight when he became king, and 18 or so before he had ever really all started coming about. Getting a, what, what happened? Cleaned up the sanctuary. <laughs> what? 
Watch this. When I start getting this thing cleaned up, what starts, what starts coming alive? When I start repenting of my sins, what starts coming alive? When they started cleaning up in the natural, that sanctuary, what did they find? They found the law. They found the word of God and the fullness and the truthfulness of it. And when the man of God read it, he carried it to a guy. Then he read, brought it and read it to Josiah. Faith cometh by hearing. The first mistake they made in the city. They didn't listen. They didn't hear. But if you can hear it, if you got a heart and you want to hear it and you want to listen to it, I'm telling you from that point, that's the reason. That's the reason we're not going to lose our confidence. The Hebrew writer said, don't lose your confidence. You've got to hold on to your confidence until the journey's in, regardless of what's coming and going, all the fiery darts and things of that nature. You and I got to hold on. Got to hold on. Because we, we read enough and we've seen enough. And the writer here is letting us know that all the other gods are going to be found. All the other beliefs and doctrines and teachings and things of that nature are going to fall to the wayside. But only this one true God is going to bring us out to the other side. And um, when you look back and uh, let's get to the key verses. And therefore, let's look at it. Uh, eighth verse. Therefore, wait ye upon me. Earnestly, just wait. Those that wait upon the Lord said, what? Be renewed. <laughs> that goes against our grain. God, if you don't hurry up and do something, I'm fixing to go here and I'm going yonder and I'm going to find this specialist and that specialist. There ain't no more of a specialist than God, ladies and gentlemen, in all the areas of our lives. <laughs> okay? <laughs> in our journey, our confidence and trust better be in God, and that's what our prayers better be. God, lead me to the right one. Hallelujah. And help him or her or whatever to understand and help direct me and counsel with me. Wow. There's a lot to that. Wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, unto the day that I rise up unto the prey. Man, there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day that I'm going to utter. There's going to be a day that I'm going to attack. There's going to be a day that, man, when I rise up. Man, when you get me stirred up. When that point in time comes. For my determination is to gather the nations. That I may assemble the kingdoms. And to pour upon them mine indignation to all the other kingdoms. All the other nations. All the other people. Man, I'm going to pull them together. I'm going to join them together. Boy, it sounds like a battle of Armageddon to me. Even all my fierce anger for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. For then will I turn to the people a pure language. And they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. Consent means Permission or compliance to another or compliance with. As we stand, consent means I'm going to submit. To his voice. I'm going to put my trust in what the voice has told me. That it's not just a voice now, but it's written. But it can be written on the tables of my heart that I might not sin against him. And if I have a love 
Amen. For his word or his law, nothing shall offend me. And if I won't become offended, I won't stumble and fall out the way. Fan means to stumble in this journey and relying and trusting in God in difficult times. When you and I have to walk through valleys, climb mountains, experience experiences that we really didn't want to, such as Job. Job took no pleasure digging ten graves. Job took no pleasure in his wife trying to persuade him. And I'm not jumping on her. She probably handled it better than I would have. But though you slay me, yet will I trust you. That's what he's talking about. It's easy to say. If you're not the single ones walking by yourself. It's easy to say if you don't have the finances to buy this or buy that. We sang the song this morning. Not by an accident. I find my satisfaction in Jesus Christ. A satisfaction that you can't find no other place. No other place. Nothing else can bring it. Nothing, absolutely nothing. All this world has to offer. Without him, you're void and undone. Let's trust him. If there's ever been, I'm telling you, church, work on it. Stay on top of it. It's God to help you. Told your brothers and sisters. How would you like to have church just by yourself? Just yours. Just you. Oh. I want all of us together. And I want us to get together. And love this one true God. The Bible says with all of our heart. With all of our soul. With all of our mind. Let's love him. Let's love this truth. Because a lack of that love is the very element or the principle that will cause us to waver to the side. True love brings us through every trial. True love. Not lust. Love. Relationships are built on anything else. They're not true relationships. You got some business folks that you do business with and you have a business relationship. And you wouldn't do for them what you would for those that you have a true love relationship for. How much more should I do for my brothers and sisters? Than anybody else on the face of the earth. Including. My own. That doesn't have the Holy Ghost. Well I'm laying some principles down. But they're Bible. 
true love of God. What does love do? Covers a multitude of sin. Show compassion when nobody else will. Show tolerance when. That's the reason a mother loved that baby regardless. That's the reason a daddy said, I'm going to get him. It's a good thing the father made it the prodigal son before the brother did. Love of the father. But no greater love than this. Than love that you and I show through the power of the Holy Ghost. As it flows out of our lives. I'm telling you folks, God help us. God help us. Pray for your pastor. God help him. To show the love of God like never before. Not with just words, because James helped us understand that true love is with deeds and actions. Now, it can be words, and sometimes those words could be not us not saying nothing. Love you this morning, I really do. God loves us. We're going to win. We're on the winning side. Now, now the battle is, is to stay on the winning side. That's the battle. Let's do it. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.